Welcome to another episode of the show. Thank you so much again for listening. I appreciate every listen, especially now when I've been gone for a little bit, you know, a hot minute. So today's show, we're going to tackle a few topics that have been popular on social media, and then we're going to dive into spirituality. Sounds good? So let's dive in. The first topic that I wanted to discuss is Juneteenth. As you all know, it's been recognized as an official federal holiday. So, when it was made an official holiday, there were many opinions expressed. Some thought it was just symbolism without weight. Some thought it was cool, but that there's more work that needs to be done, considering all the systemic issues in this country. Some argued about it being a holiday, but they can they even touch on it because of all the laws passing regarding what they can and cannot teach in schools. And then there were some who hesitated because they don't want white people to get the day off, given the historical context. So I think everyone's view has merit. Personally, I fall under the category of thinking it's cool that it's a federal holiday and being publicly recognized now. But I also recognize that there's so much work that needs to be done in black communities to help combat the systemic issues. So this shouldn't be the biggest thing they do for us. It should just be the start. And I don't know how I feel about saying happy Juneteenth because it exists due to deception. Yes, they learned they were free that day, and that's something to celebrate, but it's also a reminder of how their freedom was kept from them for an additional two years. So that's just my thoughts on that. So also another topic, there was a whole bonnet debate. My opinion on that? Mind your business. That's my thoughts on that. Stop worrying about what other people do. If it's not hurting you or others, let people live and go about their days and their lives as they see fit. Would I personally go out in a bonnet, like, to the store? No, but I'm not here to judge those who do. I used to walk my dog in an apartment complex in a bonnet, though, and I feel no ways about it. Sometimes it's convenient. The thing to bear in mind is, are you personally against wearing bonnets outside of the house because it's a true value, or is it because of useless respectability politics? That's the real question. And then BBLs and plastic surgery were trending the other day, so so many people are getting them. I think in some way, even if you're doing it just for you, you're influenced by beauty standards. What else motivates you? What else can make you look at yourself and see something is wrong that needs to be fixed? There has to be some idea of what's right, some ideas of a better look, and that's where beauty standards come in. But let me say, if someone wants to get some plastic surgery that's safe, keyword safe, I support it. I've considered saving up for surgery. I feel like my body, like my booty isn't big enough according to certain beauty standards. I feel like my waist isn't snatched enough. My stomach isn't flat enough. And it all started to mess with my psyche. Like I stood in the mirror the other day and I couldn't name positive things because I was just thinking about how each thing could be better. I catch myself eating less for the sake of my stomach, which isn't too far from being flat on its own, but it's not flat. So I don't feel good enough. All that to say, beauty standards are trash and can cause very real insecurities that mess with your mind. And they also make people go for sometimes risky surgeries. And I just wish that we truly pushed a culture of self-love and body positivity. But that's just me. So, Derek Chauvin. So, he was sentenced to 22 and a half years and could allegedly be out after 15 years. I was so nervous leading up to the sentencing because I didn't feel like they were going to do the right thing. And I wanted, I was worried he would get off light, you know? And to some, his sentence is light. But when I read it, 
I initially felt nothing. And I think it's because at the end of the day, a life was horrifically taken. A sentence isn't going to bring them back. I wish it was more. But the conviction and sentencing he did get is a small victory to take, and I'll take it. But the goal for me is not convictions and sentencing and sentences, but to make this stop, period. We shouldn't have to be on the streets protesting. We shouldn't have to have trials. This shouldn't be an issue. But I don't know how to fix it, folks. Like, there's abolish the police, but then even then I feel like that'll spark vigilantes to pop up. But what I do know, going back to Chauvin, is that he didn't show remorse. He just offered condolences like some random person informed of the situation. He just doesn't believe he did anything wrong. And it's like, how can you make, like, how can you change a mentality like that, you know? Anyways, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with our chat on spirituality. And we're back. As I mentioned earlier, I really wanted the bulk of this episode to be focused on spirituality and the self. Today, we are joined by Regis, who is going to lead us in that conversation. But before we dive in, I want to say welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, no problem. So before we take a deep dive, let's discuss stepping into spirituality. How does one do so? What are the baby steps to take? Well, let's see. Really, the baby steps are continuing to um, work on yourself. So in order to create a practice for yourself, so to speak, and just kind of be open. So continue to be open to learning. I think that's probably the biggest thing you can do um, for taking baby steps. Gotcha. So now I want to talk about intuition. So everybody has that gut feeling. However, it's like a muscle and it needs to be flexed. It needs to be used. So with that in mind, let's discuss building up that muscle or intuition building. Sounds good. Go for it. All right. So how do we know? Um, Let's see. Well, building that intuition muscle, um, I like to start with everybody has this, even though they think they don't. Um, you do, you use it all the time, but it is something that is a muscle and that you have to practice or be aware of, um, when you're using it. So for instance, I like to say that usually your first instinct, you know, when something comes up, that's your intuition speaking to you. And so people don't really think of that as intuition, but it is. So, you know, if someone asks you, do you want peaches or do you want apples? Your first instinct is to go to peaches. Then that right there, it's not only a preference, but that was your instinct. You just immediately said it because it's what you want, what you like. Um, That's an example of that. And then the other thing I like to say to people is there's an exercise that I like to teach some of my clients um, is thinking about different music genres. So for instance, if you don't like rock and roll, but you do like R&B, then, you know, if you turn the radio on and there's this hard punk rock song on, the first thing you do is kind of cringe, right? That's your intuition or your instinct that comes up. And so when you turn that R&B music on, it's like, oh yeah, this feels good. So that's an exercise that you can do to really hone in on what feels like intuition for you. So using that music exercise, but yes, we all have intuition. It's definitely a muscle that you have to practice using. So that's just one example that I like to give. Gotcha. And just on a related note, how do we truly know when something is a gut feeling? What sensations, thoughts, or feelings let you know? 
Um, I know for me, and it varies for each person where you feel it in your body. I know for me, I literally feel it in my gut or in my stomach. You know, if something doesn't feel right, that's the first place where I feel it. So your stomach may cringe. I know some people's legs may twitch or they their eye may twitch. And so if there's something that always happens, or you can even look back at past um, events or things that have happened, you know, if you knew you were supposed to go left and you turned right and you got into a car accident, you know, you can think back and be like, well, what happened? Why I turned right? You know, originally I knew I was, I wanted to turn left, but I changed my mind and turned right. And so whatever happened or whatever you felt in your body in that moment, originally try to put yourself back in that place and try to remember, you know, what that specific feeling or sensation is for you. Some people get chills. Um, some people get cold. So you really just kind of have to hone in on what yours is. So just kind of continue to be open and pay attention whenever something comes up again. Absolutely. So let's shift gears and talk about one of my favorite things, angel numbers. Before we discuss what individual numbers mean, could you share their origin or the history of angel numbers? Um, yes. So angel numbers came from, or originally the term was coined um, from an astro numerologist. So this guy does astrology stuff. He also does numerology, um, which is a whole nother topic. But um, and so Lloyd Strayhorn is the guy's name. It was about 25 years or so when he coined the term angel numbers. And um, he really just wanted to use it as a guide or a set of instructions because he was kind of noticing patterns of numbers. Um, you know, if you study numerology, then you'll kind of know what each numbers mean. And we'll go into that. Um, but that's where it came from, from this astro numerologist. Um, usually they come in a pattern of three or more and they can show up in your um, address, license plates, clocks. You know, you may see numbers. Prices when you're checking out at the checkout counter, timestamps. So there's all types of um, ways that you can see these angel numbers. Gotcha. So we've all seen 1111 or 444, but what does one mean? What does four mean? Regis, just break all of this down for us. Absolutely. So I'm going to give you guys a quick brief overview of what each number is. And again, this also relates back to numerology. Um, angel numbers are pretty much numerology and their messages that come to us. Um, so I'm going to start with the number one. And again, as I said, you may see this as 111 or 111 or 1111. And so just knowing the basis of each number individually will kind of give you a gist of what the angel numbers mean. So whenever you see a number more than once, that just means that that particular number is amplified. So that's why they're really trying to push the message to you. You're seeing this number in twos or threes or fours. Um, so starting with number one, number one is like the leader. It's an action number. So it's really a message for you to put yourself out there and to take some type of personal action. Um, so that's number one, thinking about yourself as the leader, or it's really focusing on you um, per se and your personal development. So that's what number one is. So if you see 1111 or 11, um, those are just amplified numbers telling you to put yourself out there. Um, and then so number two, number two is about imbalance in your life or creating balance or having balance. So it all has to do with balance. So if you're seeing number twos repeatedly, it could be telling you that you have some type of imbalance in your life, um, that you need to kind of reassess 
things that are going on in your life so that you can bring that balance back into your life. So if you are seeing repeated twos, just think about balance. And I always like to think of twos as yin and yang or as a couple. And so, you know, you can't have one without the other one. So you're going to have to have that balance. Um, So number three, number three is usually about creation. So creating something new, maybe something new is coming up for you. It's also a message for you to dig deep. So it could be telling you to dig deep into your higher calling or into your life purpose. So this is something that you need to create in your life. So some type of creation that you need to dig deep down into. So that's number three. Number four, number four is all about foundations and systems. So this message, if you see 444 or just fours repeatedly, it could mean that you need to face things head on, that you need to reevaluate your foundations and your systems. It could mean that you um, need to change your foundation. So maybe you need to reset and reassess again what type of foundations you have. Is it solid? Is it rocky? Um, so it's really just bringing your attention to your foundations and structures in your life. So structures could be falling apart in your life and you need to rebuild them, or it could be telling you to continue on and build on your foundation. So that's number four. Number five is all about change, which I'm going to deviate a little bit here because before we got on this podcast, I looked at the clock and it said five, 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 right before we got on, um, before you messaged me. And so again, this is an angel number that popped up for me. Um, fives always represent change and transformation, which I totally agree with doing this specific podcast episode. I think it's going to help so many people out here just about, um, spirituality, spirituality and angel numbers in general. So that was my confirmation that, you know, this is going to create some type of change or transformation. So if you see the number five or five repeatedly, then that's what that number means. And number six. So this one gets a little bit of, you know, a bad rap, 666, because people have seen it in the Bible and they say it's the mark of the beast and the devil. Um, But if you're seeing this number, it can be an angel number for you. And sixes represent um, like balance and home life and calm and peace. So it could be telling you that you need to create some type of peace or calm into your life that you don't have it. Um, Or it could be telling you that you're doing a great job of creating this piece in your life and to keep it up. Um, So pay attention if you see number six. Again, this number is all about peace and calm into your life. And then number seven, number seven is all about spirituality, going down the spiritual journey, spiritual realignment. These are all things that you can think of when you see the number seven. So if you are on a spiritual journey, or maybe it's wanting you to wake up and start your spiritual journey, then you're going to see a lot of number sevens as this is a spiritual number. So if you see number seven, it is time to step into that spiritual journey. Number eight. So number eight is somewhat similar to number two. It's all about balance and responsibility. Um, Eight also is known as infinity because it looks like the infinity sign is just turned upright. And it also has to do with uh, material things, money, um, success, things like that. So there may be some lessons that you need to learn in your professional life um, when it comes to being responsible or just, you know, making sure again that you have that balance because again, this kind of represents the infinity sign. So you want to make sure that things are kind of in flow. So that's number eight. And then number nine, we always stop at number nine because we go one through nine. Any number after that is pretty much a combination of those numbers. 
Um, number nine is all about endings and beginnings. So it could be getting you to let go of something or something is getting ready to end or that you're getting ready to start a new chapter in your life. So you have completed an entire cycle of something and it's coming to an end and you're getting ready to start something new. So that's number nine. So if you're seeing nines repeatedly, then you're getting ready to end something and start something new. So that's the basis of the angel numbers um, one through nine. Gotcha. So some may ask, why should I trust angel numbers? Would you mind answering that? Well, I can answer from just myself personally. Um, I wasn't big on angel numbers until the last two or three years. Um, again, once you know something, it's kind of hard to unknow it. And it's also just a message from the universe and from your angels to try to get you to wake up. Your angels and your spirit guides are always sending you messages. And so angel numbers are just another way for them to connect with you. And I also like to think too, that they're not as scary as like a spirit coming to visit you or someone talking to you. You know, it's just a simple message. If you see three numbers, then you can trust that it's a message for you and there's, you know, nothing crazy behind it. Gotcha. So the universe communicates with us in different ways, like through our intuition, through angel numbers, and also through events. A life crisis can be one such event. What are some signs of a life crisis? Oh, so for instance, in my life crisis, I was, depression could be one, um, feeling like you are not in control of your life. If you feel like everything's going wrong, um, just constant questioning of your life, then you could definitely be going through a life crisis. Gotcha. So what are some signs that this moment, this life crisis is a wake up call? So I like to pick one um, area of your life and it could be several because it was several for me. Um, so whatever you are experiencing a lot of challenges with in your life. So for instance, if it's your love life, if you feel like you keep picking the wrong guys or the wrong girls, or you keep, you know, bumping up the same type of person and you, you know, you just don't understand why this keeps happening to you, then this could be a wake up call for you that, Hey, there's something different that you need to do because your love life is going through a life crisis. Um, you know, your finances, if you feel like you're always robbing Peter to pay Paul, and this is something that continues to happen to you, then you could be having a life crisis in your financial life. Or you could be like me and you're having a life crisis overall, because all areas of your life you feel like are not going right. You know, your job's not good, your finances aren't good, your relationship's failing, then you are definitely having a life crisis and it's time to wake up. Cool. So how can we move forward and upward from a life crisis? I think the biggest thing that someone can do for themselves is first to recognize. So recognize that these patterns are happening to you and that it's something that you can change and that you can control. So that's the first thing is you need to recognize what's going on in your life and that, yes, I am having some issues. I'm having some challenges. How can we fix this? And so, like we said previously, taking baby steps. And so in order to get over the hump or get through this life crisis, you're going to have to do some work, some work on yourself. So for instance, 
I like to always start with finding some self-help or personal development books, books on spirituality. You can watch YouTube videos. You know, if there's someone in the spiritual world that you like to follow on Instagram or Facebook, but you've got to start the process. So if it's your love and relationships, then follow someone who is, you know, a coach on love and relationships. Same thing with finances or with career but you've got to do the work first. So you got to kind of put yourself out there. But again, these are baby steps. No one has to know that you're going through a life crisis if you don't want them to know. Um, If you start taking those baby steps yourself, things will start to open up and unfold for you. Gotcha. So we've talked a lot about spirituality thus far, but there's one more topic I like to cover, manifestation. So how do you define manifestation? Well, I like to define uh, manifestation basically as taking a thought or a desire and creating it in the physical. So letting it show up in the physical. Gotcha. And what are some methods and laws of manifestation? Oh, that's a good one. So we always talk about um, the law of attraction, um, because first, in order to manifest something, you have to attract it. So Number one, it starts in your in your mind as a thought. And in order to bring it into the physical, you've got to attract it. So there are a lot of moving parts to law of attraction. But the biggest thing is that you need to be in control of your emotions. And so I think that's where a lot of people go wrong with the law of attraction when it comes to manifesting is, you know, they're like, I'm saying all the right things. I'm writing all down. I'm doing everything that people tell me to do, but it's not happening. And the missing piece is that you have to have some emotion behind that desire. So for instance, if you want a brand new Porsche, if you have this dream card that you, you know, you want for yourself and you want to attract it or manifest it in your life. Well, the thing to do is to figure out how would you feel in this new car? Like, what does it look like? Think about your five senses. What does it look like? What does it feel like when you're, you know, sitting on the plush seats? What color are they? You want to kind of put yourself there and visualize it. So ultimately, how do you feel when you have this new car and when you're driving it? You know, or if there's a specific meal you want to manifest, like how does it make you feel when you taste this food that tastes so good? Um, And so focusing on the emotion is the biggest piece when it comes to manifesting. Gotcha. And what are some tips for manifestation? Um, So I know we talked about, you know, people saying they're doing all the right things, but those are also moving parts that you should consider. So for instance, saying affirmations, definitely you should say affirmations. Again, you want to make sure you're putting some emotion into those. You don't just want to be saying it from a dead place, you know, make sure you're feeling good about it. If you're not feeling good about it, then take a break, come back later when you feel better. Um, So saying affirmations. Writing it down, obviously, because writing it down is taking a thought from your mind and bringing it into the physical. So that's already the first part of manifestation by writing it down. Um, You can write it on your mirror, wherever you want to see it. And then also creating vision boards. You know, vision boards are huge right now. But again, these are pictures that are going to evoke some type of emotion in you. So if you want a new house, you know, really pick something that emulates the house that you really want you know don't just pick something out of a magazine but just because it's a house you want it to invoke some type of emotion for you um so writing it down saying affirmations creating a vision board and then just making sure that you have those good positive thoughts when you're thinking about what you want to manifest gotcha 
So lastly, what do you say to those who doubt the act of manifestation? I love this question because people who think that they can't manifest, I say, but you already have. You just didn't know you were doing it because anything that we have attracted into our life, anything that has been created. So if the job you have now or the home you have now or the car, you have manifested that. Now, whether you think that's what you wanted or didn't want, that's what you manifested and created into your life. So now I think the biggest thing is that people are becoming aware that we are in control of what we can and can't manifest or what we want to bring into our lives. And so it's a good idea to now just be aware um, of your thoughts and of your actions so that you can create and manifest what you want in your life, not what you don't want. So you're manifesting whether you think you are or not. Thank you. So before you go, I like to play three rounds of music trivia. And so in each round, I'm going to read a few lyrics and I need you to guess the song and the artist. Are you okay? Ready? I'll do my best. <laughs> Awesome. So I'll go ahead and start. So the first song, the lyrics are, and my mind is so confusing. Who would be that special one? Every day I'm trying to find you. All along, I've got to know, is there a place for me? And then some more lyrics. I know love has many names and a message very clear. All it takes is time and patience to bring you near. But who got me? Tell me. Oh, man, I just, okay, read the first, start from the beginning again, because I had it in my head. Okay, so beginning <laughs> lyrics, and my mind is so confusing, who would be that special one? Every day I'm trying to find you, all along I've got to know, is there a place for me? Oh, man, okay, I'm going to have to, I don't know, <laughs> I know, but I don't know, it's like on the tip of my tongue, it's in my brain, but Okay, I'm just going to give up on that one. <laughs> so it is an escape song. Who can I run to? Okay, okay. I was going to say, first I thought Lauren Hill. And then I was like, no, it's not Lauren Hill. Who is it? <laughs> okay, escape. Yes, a throwback. Had to yes, throw it is. There. Awesome. So round two. And I like to find these like obscure like throwback songs. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the lyrics are... Night is all about me. Just want to set my body free. Never mind the TV. Tonight, I'll just let a little TV watch me. Light the candles, aromatherapy, hot tub bubbles surrounding me. Mr. Big is in the background. The Isby brother is going to hold it down. I think um, that's Maya. Is that Maya? So it's actually a Whitney Houston song. Dang, I thought that was Maya, It's All About Me. <laughs> it is a Whitney Houston song, and it's called One of Those Days. I don't know if I know that one. I'll t I, I probably wouldn't have gotten that one. Uh -uh, I don't think so. That's definitely a throwback. Yes. It's okay, girl. It's okay. <laughs> but it's bringing a lot of, you know, songs to my attention. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah. See, that's the goal with this. So I love that when it happens. Cool. Yeah. So okay. Third round, last round. Here are the lyrics. I ain't like the other guys you hang around. And it's kind of funny, but they always seem to let you down. And I get discouraged because I never see you anymore. And I need your love, babe. That's all I'm living for. Hmm. 
Okay, read that one, one more time. I'm hoping I get this last one. <laughs> okay. I ain't like those other guys you hang around and it's kind of funny, but they always seem to let you down. And I get discouraged because I never see Ooh, you. Oh, I know it. <laughs> okay, go for it. It's Prince. Yes. And the song is I want to be your lover. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You got it. Yeah, I'm a Prince fan. So I'm like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yes. I know that way. I love Prince. And this is one of my favorite songs by him. Yes. Mine too. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you all again for tuning in. I appreciate every listen and every share. Thank you, Regis, for joining me today. And y'all be sure to check out her podcast. And I'm going to let her tell y'all the name. Yes, my podcast is Spiritual Shit You Need to Know. It's on all the major platforms. So you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, Amazon, you name it. Boom. So there y'all go. Thank you again, y'all. And y'all be well. <laughs>